Welcome back to The Part-Timer with me, Nathan Johns. Josh Little has gone across the world from being chased by madmen on motorbikes in India to being smacked by Liam Livingston in the Abu Dhabi T10 and of course a stint with the damn Buddha Giants in the Lankan Premier League in between. He joins me to chat about his time on the franchise circuit as well as the upcoming Irish season. Joining me now is Mr. Josh Little. Josh, how are you? Fresh off the plane from India, are you? Yes, I've had about a week off now, just back from India. Bit of time with family to refresh and uh, get ready for a busy Irish season. But um, yeah, really enjoyed India while I was out there. What was your job title? Was it net bowler? My job title, yes, officially net bowler. Yeah. How does one become a net bowler for the Chennai Super Kings at the IPL? <laughs> um, I'm I'm not too sure. I was I was out in um, in Oman with the Irish guys for the qualifiers, and my agent Nile O'Brien just dropped me a text saying. Um, had a text from someone working in Chennai. I never actually found out who, just saying that they were interested in getting me over to Nepal for the duration of the IPL. And of course, that was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So I said yes straight away and was looking forward to getting out there from the, the minute I heard. So presumably this was after the IPL auction because that happened, I think, midway through those qualifiers because I remember there was a big campaign of get Sterlo to the IPL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this, is, this is obviously after the auction. They, they ring you up and say, would you come over? Yeah, this is two days two days after the auction. Um, obviously, all of us were watching the auction, hoping for the best for everyone. But um, yeah, obviously no one got in. But then, you know, there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for me, obviously getting to go over there in some capacity. So yeah, I was delighted with that. And then talk to me about your home in Ireland now, but obviously the IPL is still going on. I think the Chennai played six games, I think, looking at mm-hmm. the stand- standings here. So did you know from the start that it, it wouldn't be something that you'd be there for the entire tournament? Uh, I was meant to be there for the, the entire tournament from the start to finish. But as it sort of went on, I was just chatting with coaches and players and we just sort of decided, look, three months is a long time to be away. I'd just been away in Oman. I'd only actually been home for three days. And then before that, I had a fairly busy six months leading up to that. So we just decided that... Um, might be best to come home, have have a week with or two with family, and then get stuck into what is going to be a very busy Irish summer. Um, that they didn't want me mentally, physically drained, um, but still wanted me to soak up some of what the IPL had to offer. And yeah, I had a really good three and a bit weeks out there. So. And then was there ever was there ever any question of you maybe getting? I know Adam Milne got injured, didn't he, for Chennai? So was there ever ever any question of of you getting a go, or is it if you were only going to be there for so long that was never on the cards? Yeah, I don't think that would have ever been on the cards if if. You know, I, I could have left at any stage. I don't think they could have ever relied on me. Yeah, not that I was aware of anyway. <laughs> Talk to me about the experience. Let's start off the pitch. Were you bubbled up? Heavy bubble, yeah. Probably the most intense bubble I've, I've ever been in. So I, I was pretty surprised. I just arrived off what was a pretty long journey um, to the plane to then find out I had three days in my room, quite a small room, if I'm honest, um, with obviously just some water and then three meal, meals a day brought to you, but... Not what I expected when I got off the plane. Three days of uh, pretty intense quarantine. And then, um, yeah, not much going on outside <clears throat> Outside practice. It was fairly um, restricted in what you could do. They had an amazing setup. You know, you had ping pong, squash, tennis, pool, swimming pool, you name it. But it just didn't seem like we were really allowed to use that the majority of the day. So we sort of just, everyone sort of stayed in their room. So you can understand why some people may say that it is a little bit lonely out there. Yeah, of course. I mean, I saw on Instagram you put, you put some posts up, some stories up. We got to talk about some of the fans over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone talks about the Indian fans, etc. And it is a bit of a cliche, but 
I guess <clears> I've never been out there, so I've never actually witnessed what the IPL fans are like. I mean, it looks the stadiums aren't full as far as I can tell, but it still looks pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, it was it was only twenty percent capacities, but even just going to training, like I, I I obviously knew Chennai was a big franchise, but I mean we had a pre-camp in a place called Surat, which is sort of in the middle of nowhere, and I mean there was <clears throat> we'd leave from the hotel and there'd be. I'm not joking, like 10, 15,000 people following us for a 20, 20 minute drive the whole way to the to the ground, motorcyclists, people crashing, people falling off motorbikes, people running after the bus. Um, I mean, just absolute madness, just all absolutely in love with Dhoni and all that Chennai has to offer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. You mentioned some big names there. I mean, obviously, Chennai has got some uh, mm-hmm. a pr- pretty cool squad list. Some of them you played with before. I mean, I know Moeen and Chris Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got you've got some T10 experience with them, but obviously you mentioned yep. you mentioned Doni, Bravos there as well, Jadeja, some other big names. Yep. I mean, you're rocking up there at this stage. Have you done enough franchise gigs that when you rock up and you see some big names that that kind of like all kind of you know fangirls, so to speak, that, that that doesn't affect you anymore, or is there still a little bit of shit that's MS Doni? Um, I'd say the fangirling sort of gone, but still you have to sort of appreciate that you now MS Doni is literally regarded as a god over there you can even see the likes of bravo jordan all, all the lads just absolutely worship him and they want to spend as much time with him as possible because of all the great knowledge and experiences he has to offer and just he's such a cool calm collected guy and he's um he's really willing to speak to anyone spends a lot of time with the youngsters so this as soon as i walked in he put his arm around me and just sort of said welcome to chennai and you know made me feel at home and made me sort of didn't feel like i was just a net bowler you know, sort of wants me to feel like I was part of the squad that he could speak to me at any time if I wanted to. Um, so yeah, that was nice. Who else did you get on well with? Who 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 were you spending most of your time with? Because the squads are massive in the IPO. That's mm. the, compared to other franchise leagues. There's like 40 dudes in there. So who are you yeah. who are you hanging out with? Who are you playing ping pong with? We actually had um a squad of 70. 70 people were there. So I mean it was absolutely you, you, it was tough to just get to know the names of people, but um yeah, I, I love my ping pong. So I was playing a bit with uh, Shivam Dube. He's um, he's actually amazing at ping pong. Not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, I was playing a bit with him. Um, I was hanging out with a couple of the local Indian guys. A guy called Asif. Um, yeah, just I was trying to sort of chat to anyone as best as I could. The best as I could. Sorry. Yeah, as I said, just a wealth of knowledge in there, and I didn't want to limit myself to to a few people. So. I sort of tried to chat to as many people, whether it be Bravo about slower balls or Jordan about Yorkers or just little specifics that I wanted to take out of it. You know, um, Niall, before I went, just said, make sure you soak up as much information as you can, because, you know, this may be the one and only time you get out there. Fingers crossed it's not. But um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that, because it's a really interesting process with the IPL, because if you look at last year, there were a couple of guys who went over as net bowlers. Someone like Odin Smith was a net bowler. Um, he's now with uh, he's with Punjab, Punjab. Punjab yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he took that step up. Dominic Drakes was a net bowler as well, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. had, he's got some game time the next season. So there is yeah. a tr- there is a trend of guys progressing. When you get called when you get called over as a net bowler, do they do you feel like they're investing in you? They're really working with you because they they could see you as someone that they want to work with maybe later on down the line, or is it just you're there as basically just to make sure that the other bowlers get a rest? I think it's it's a bit of both, depending on the the scenarios of, of what stage of the, the competition. Obviously, we were at pre-camp, so they were trying to get as much load into the players as possible. When I say we trained from six o'clock at night till 12 midnight, 10 days in a row, I mean that like it was flat out. So they 
there is plenty of time to get bowling done. Um, but obviously they're trying to put the players first. Um, so whenever I did get the opportunity, the coaches were, you know, amazing, very helpful. They asked me to want any video footage, anything I want to work on. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of both. But I, I, as you said, I do know there is so many people who've gone over on netball to then return. So, I mean, hopefully they've, they've asked me to come over because there is some sort of interest there, whether it be not next year or the year after, but. Do they, do they say to you when they're working with you, like, do they give you specific work on? I mean, maybe they don't, they don't say something like, oh, okay, if you get better at this and you're going to get an IPL gig next year, but do they say, do, you know, do you get an idea of what they're looking for you? What, what you need to do more in their eyes? Cause obviously with different coaches, you know, different things can come up. Yeah. hundred percent from, from as soon as, as soon as I bowled the first time, they said, if you were to play, it would be, we want you to swing the ball back in the first couple of overs and then, you know, use your change ups and Yorkers at the end. That's it. Simple as don't, don't go away from that. That's what you're good at. That's what we've seen you do before. Um, and then maybe a couple of little technical changes, whether it be your front foot moving over a little bit or little stuff like that. But yeah, the main thing was if you're, if you're going to play ever, it's going to be, you're going to swing the ball back, open the bowling as a left armor. That's, that's, that's what your job is. You know, it's plain and simple. Yeah, interesting that because they Chennai have played left armor quite a lot of games. Um, Chowdhury, Mukesh, Mukesh Chowdhury, yeah, yeah, Chowdhury is name, and he's 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 I you know some of the games he's he's got a bit of tap and some he's gone well. I mean, as everyone does in T Twenty cricket, I guess. So I mean, you chat to him much? You work with him a lot? No, actually, I tried to, and then he just sort of said to me, "I, I don't have any English, sorry." And I was like, "All right, fair enough." Um, but yeah, now he seemed like a nice guy. Um, he's one of the I think he's sort of localish. He sort of worked his way up. I think he net bowled, he net bowled last year as well. So he would have been friendly with all a lot. So the net bowlers actually seem to hang around year to year. They're all obviously trying to get in, the local guys. Um, and then a couple obviously make it through. But, you know, he seemed like a nice guy, very hardworking and, and all that. So, yeah, and it was nice to see him come through something that I was in the process of doing and finally make it on, into the actual team. That's really interesting. You talk about kind of like kind of like a language barrier. I didn't even think about think about that. Was that something... Presumably, it's an international enough group that it does, it's not too much of an issue. Uh, it actually was a massive issue because there was people from all over India coming to Nepal. There was, there was some, uh, it was news to me, but some of the Indian guys were saying, I don't understand what these Indian guys are saying because I speak a different language. You know, they were saying to me, there's like a hundred different languages that, you know, only a couple of them could understand. So they'd sort of hang out together. And then obviously, I was trying to spend as much time with the people who did speak English. Um, but yeah, that definitely is something that took me by surprise because there definitely is a bit of a language barrier and you need to get used to it and maybe um, try your best to, I don't know, hang out with the people who, who do have a little bit of English because, you know, you can't spend, you can't spend three months away with, away with people who don't speak English. <laughs> and six hour training sessions. I'm guessing you've never done that before. No, that was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was, yeah, the days are quite long. Obviously when you're in a bubble, spending the whole day in your room and then, go down to the bus at six, there's 15,000 people outside the hotel, you get to the ground, there's fans cheering in the crowd, and then uh, you're there till midnight, and then you do that again 10 days in a row. It's pretty um, pretty intense mentally, you know. How, how did you survive it? Uh, obviously, bowlers wouldn't bowl on certain days. You, you know, there's a, a big list with saying what slots you're bowling, if you're bowling today or not. So if you weren't bowling, you'd maybe get a gym session done earlier in the day or do a running session of training. But yeah, you definitely weren't bowling 10 days in a row. I don't think they could ask that of anyone. Yeah, no, definitely not. And then you kind of, you touched on it earlier, you know, talking to likes of Bravo, Jordan, et cetera. Um, I know, like we said, we mentioned earlier, you've worked with, with CJ before. 
is it the same types of things that conversations you always have with these guys or do you do you learn something different at each at each iteration of these franchise tournaments i mean to me it seems a lot of these skills are just simple to talk about obviously not simple to execute but you know you're talking about the same types of things or does somebody come in with a new type of slower ball or something like that to be honest it's it's uh, all that i've only been to like three tournaments but the the general message is keep it simple and be good at be good at what you're good at don't try to be someone you're not if you're good at bowling yorkers make sure you're practicing your yorkers every single session and be the best in the world at that um or if you're good at slower balls perfect your slower balls um obviously they're because it's a competition they don't really have too much time to work on other things so their their main uh, main goal is honing in on what they're good at come competition time that's what they're good at they're not trying to develop a new craft while they're away they might maybe ask bravo how do you build your slow ball and then in the winter go and groove that but at tournament time it's it's just do what you're good at simple you think over the course of your albeit young international career what you're good at has changed um, I mean, because you know, you talked about slow balls and Yorkers. I mean, over and over, man, I can remember you. There was one game, I think you tried to bowl the wide Yorkers a lot, um, and maybe I, I hadn't necessarily seen you do that as much. Um, so, does does your skill set change over time, or have you got your your two or three best deliveries, and that's what we're going to stick at for for a while? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely change. I think it was last year um, against Zimbabwe. I've, I've been working with all my bowling coaches to try swing the ball back. I hadn't hadn't been swinging the ball back, so. Ball had been using me um, sort of outside the power play in T20 cricket when the ball stopped swing to sort of hit a hard length and keep things tight. And then uh, I think I may have mentioned to you before, but Youngie got injured um, against Zimbabwe. So I opened the bowling and all of a sudden something clicked with my wrist, started swinging the ball back. Um, and then that was something I, I just ran with. And, you know, I became a, a swing bowler, you could say, opening the bowling. And then, um, yeah, wide Yorkers. I don't know, I just sort of came around the wicket and just I naturally tailed the ball away at the end. So I found that the wide York worked quite well for me at the end, um, keeping things tight at the end, low economy rate and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of something I've been working on to try to stay consistent and then obviously use my slower, slower balls as well. Yeah, that conversation we had, that was before the, the T20 World Cup in October. And I remember yes. you saying that, I remember you saying that actually, because the question I asked you was, um, it was for it was for a written interview, so the questions aren't recorded, sadly. But um, the question I asked you was, you had gone from maybe being a strike bowler, you know, yeah. can, people can remember you taking, you know, four fours against England, that type of thing, to going bowling up top and being economical and you know not yeah. going not going for many in the power play. Whereas now all of a sudden, maybe that's changed again. Like, uh, was it the the Bahrain game or was it the Oman? I can't remember, but you, I mean, Balba brought you back for your third over as early as like the 10th or something. And you got yeah. two, you got yeah. two wickets and you, two completely, in the over, yeah. yeah, you completely changed the game on its head. So you've kind of become yeah. that, that strike bowler again. Um, is yeah. that by accident or by design? I think, uh, because I naturally had that in me, you know, not swinging the ball. That's sort of what I'm good at when I come back. So at first I'm trying to swing it, hopefully take wickets and stay economical. But at, at the end and through the middle, I know I'm good to, to uh, rip through a middle order if I need to. So that's that's that was the plan that game. Um, and luckily it paid off. So yeah, hopefully I can try to do both. Does Balbo say to you in that situation where he throws you the ball and you know the partnership's building, etc. Does he say to you, right, you're just getting wickets here. That's all you're that's all you're focused on. Hundred percent. Yeah. There's just a sense of we need a breakthrough here. I'm going to throw you the ball. You're getting one over. Do what you can for me. You know that sort of thing. So obviously, try my best. <laughs> Okay, and then I guess maybe a couple more on the, the kind of franchise thing before we talk about Ireland and what's going to happen. I mean, you mentioned there, this is your third franchise tournament, obviously all different. You did Abu Dhabi, you did... Abu Dhabi, Sri Lanka, and then if you count IPL for me being there, but I, I played in two, so yeah. 
Okay, yeah, Abu Dhabi seemed, I'm not going to lie, Abu Dhabi seemed absolutely batshit crazy. I remember tweeting about one of your games where I think you went for one in your first over. And then, <laughs> and then in, in your second in your second over, I think Liam Livingston hit you for 36. So you went yeah. from <laughs> unbelievable figures to... 34, 34, 34. 34. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that league, it, I, I don't know what you can take out of that league when you're only bowling two overs. And if you go for under 10 and over those are decent figures like I, I don't understand like especially with someone like Livingston there um everyone's seeing what he's done in the IPL at the minute I mean I don't know what you can take from the, that as a bowler uh I think it it just teaches you straight away you need to have death skills to be successful in the modern game if you're not good at the back end you're you're basically unpickable because there's only a handful of bowlers who can sort of bowl up top swing the ball and then that's them done. You know, you can't afford to be like that anymore. So it was a big wake up to see if you miss by an inch, you're getting smashed. And that you, you will get better by learning how to, how to figure out ways. You know, you only have 12 balls, so you have to figure out on the job sort of thing. So I found that that was quite, quite useful for me and bowling at the death and staying calm and things like that, because it can get quite fiery out there sometimes. And I guess the other thing apart about that is that you're going to your death skills immediately. You don't have two, you don't have two overs at the top to try and swing it and hit a heavy length or whatever it is. Um, had you ever, had you ever been in that situation before where you literally, you just come in and you're straight away going death options? Yeah, no, I remember I was opening the bowling against Decker and Gladiators. I think it was Banton and Kohler Cadmore, Kohler Cadmore, Banning and Robin. Robin Powell said to me mid off, I want you to bowl a Yorker first ball. And I'm thinking, the Yorker with a brand new ball. I'm trying to swing the ball in a good length. That's all my brain knows how to do. Um, so I tried and I came but came off, but I didn't, didn't get him out. But just little things like that, that you're just thrown off by that. He may want you to bowl a wide Yorker first ball to get a dot and then the guy will panic and get out next ball because the batters are looking to hit a four or six from the first ball. And that's very difficult to get your head around. Remember Imran Tahir said to me, he said, I'm so glad I came back this year. Last the year before he had an absolute stinker because he just didn't, adjust to the speed of the game that he was used to tossing it up and maybe bowling was googlies but people running down the track first ball and hit him for six that's something he's not used to same as me people are trying to wrap me first ball of the game for six it takes getting used to and it makes your mind work quicker and makes you stay calm so no I, I did find it quite beneficial in terms of learning and taking that into maybe your Ireland stuff especially in a World Cup year is that beneficial or is it unrealistic? Because at the end of the day, you almost definitely will still be opening the bowling in it when a four over spell and looking to swing the ball on a good length. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where it's, it's a bit of both. I mean, for for example, I was the whole month I was out of the T10. I didn't practice swinging the new ball back on a good length. And then maybe next month I was in Sri Lanka and that's what I was being asked to do. So maybe that's that's something where it can be a little bit, I don't know, um, futuristic, you could say, because... Uh, you're, you're missing out on opportunities to actually hone in the real part of the game. So yeah, maybe it's a bit of both. It sounds like all this franchise experience, the big takeaway is you're learning to become more adaptable. hundred percent. That's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. All the coaches say that the reason you're here is because you are adaptable. Um, and that's the difference between the people who aren't there and the people who are there. They're all able to change the different surfaces, different conditions, different batsmen and just have another option, have another plan B. How many, how many people can you see that can bowl 80 mile an hour, swing the ball away, but that's all they can do. And that's the reason they won't go to that next level, I guess. And then talk to me about Dan Buller, the Lankin Premier League, playing for the Giants. Uh, game time a little bit harder to come by, maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting because the wickets were just absolute 
raggers like they were just spinning massive so me and Marshawn Delanya were just sitting on the sideline going this is going to be a long month we ain't playing and then towards the back end uh, we moved down to Hambantota where the decks were a bit flatter so got a bit more game time then but um no, I was happy with how, how I bowled out there. I ended up having a couple of good, couple of good outings, um, and hopefully I, I go back there this year. I absolutely love my time in Sri Lanka. You did he had another name drop there, Delanga? He'd have he'd a pretty good summer over 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 in the hundred. He bowls quick, eh? He bowls absolutely rapid. Yeah, he's an absolute legend of a bloke as well. I must say. Did you did you get in these franchise competitions? Obviously, over there as a bowler, maybe not in the IPL when you're a net bowler, but do you ever get a hit in the nets? Yeah, yeah, they're actually, it's actually surprising. Like, they're, they're always asking, do you want to hit, do you want to hit, do you want to hit? So, yeah, I think you actually do have plenty of time to to get a hit. So, try my best to to get put the pads on whenever I could. Okay, and this is going to be like the 15-year-old the fanboy me asking, but, like, you know, over these three tournaments, again, I don't know if you bought it in the IPL, quickest bowler you faced in the Nets? Quickest bowler I faced in the Nets was Delanga. Okay. <laughs> he told me he was only going 80%, but it, it did not feel like that to me. <laughs> is there is there a bowlers union is there a right i won't i won't ball short at you in the nets if you don't ball short short at me at the nets is those type yeah, of conversations that's just i think i think that's a given I, especially to a guy like him i didn't even want to say it to him because i he is so nice and i just presumed he wouldn't bang it in considering i was li- practically living with him for a month so yeah no he thankfully didn't bang one in okay and then what about when you're bowling um obviously everyone kind of could see the scorecards and you got some big names out in the games you played but what about in the teams you played for and especially in the IPL who's the biggest biggest net pole you got biggest net pole <laughs> um oh gosh let me have a think don't you call it Jadeja, I guess okay Jadeja pretty 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 happy with that I mean it, it is only a net net poles are there we're trying to do things but um no when I bowled to Donny I was really hoping I'd get out get him out but yeah I didn't <laughs> What about, do you, I've seen it a little bit in franchise tournaments. There's a, there's a culture of, at the end of the tournament, guys go around with a jersey and a pen and everyone's got one up on the wall. Do you, do you, have, some, do you have some pretty good jerseys up on the wall now? Some pretty good uh, memorabilia? Yeah, I got, I got one from the T10 um, and I got one from Sri Lanka. Nice, nice one. You keep any of the Chennai kit, no? Yeah, I kept um, one training top and one shorts and a bag. Okay. Just a nice little, nice little uh, sort of souvenir to make me, stay focused on my goals you know what I mean yeah and then last question on franchises what are you eyeing up in the next couple of well obviously there's an international domestic summer coming up um none of the Irish guys got picked up at the hundreds but that clashes yeah. Afga- Afghanistan but you know we've seen in the past with Sterla last year there's definitely um a possibility of a replacement gig and I, I I know one or two people were asking questions about you so maybe there's something there anything else I know CPL is coming up as well what's what's on your radar outside of Ireland yeah well firstly I'm just looking forward to getting stuck into an Irish summer because ultimately that's that's how you get picked up. People see you well, play well on the, the international scene. So hope first you need to play well there, but um, hopefully I go back to Dambulla. I've heard a couple of things there. Um, nothing obviously set in stone. Um, I'd obviously like to go to the CPL. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I just need to start playing well for Ireland before I can look too far ahead. And then your next Ireland commitment is obviously that India series, end of June, I believe. Potentially a few familiar faces because I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the schedule 100%, but I think India might do something like a double squad because they got to go to England as well at a similar enough time. So this might be Ireland versus, you know, the young lads who did well at the IPL. Um, 100%. So, you know, potentially a few familiar faces there. I don't know. It's, it's some, like Shivam's hit a few runs in the in Chennai. I don't know yeah, he, yeah. I don't know if he gets if he gets picked up, but... Presumably that puts you in a good position then. You've been in around these guys for a while. Yeah, no, um, 
maybe be able to relay a bit of information back to the guys based on what I've seen in the nets. Obviously, I won't have seen all of them, but yeah, as well as that, an opportunity for everyone in the Irish team to maybe put their name forward for, you know, put the interest back into India and see maybe if any of us can get picked up, whether it be Sterlow or whoever in next year's IPL. So a great opportunity as always to play against India and what's hopefully going to be a packed Malahide we'll see. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that the first T20 sold out. I mean, that's never a surprise yeah. when India comes to town. That must be pretty special. I mean, people forget you you just don't play in front of packed houses at home that often. Yeah, I mean, last time India came, I was obviously I was injured, so I was devastated I didn't get to play. But um, yeah, it'd be pretty special playing at home against a team with the caliber of India, with a full house, having family and friends there. You know, always be a special occasion. Last couple, uh, I'll ask you one about the general season and one about the World Cup. World Cup aside, and obviously that's a long way away in October in Australia. You know what? You've got India, you've got New Zealand. Um, you know you've got some big series coming up. South, South Africa, South Africa yeah. in, in Bristol as well. What's a successful, successful summer for you guys? Obviously, you've the fifty over format is one you're going to be targeting big time. Recent success there. That's New Zealand. So what what represents a successful summer in terms of like number of games win, series win, or do you think about yeah. it like that? We've got Afghanistan as well, I think, don't we? we? Do. Yeah, T20 series, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'd love to turn over Afghanistan a couple of times um, on home soil. We know we're capable of that. Um, had a couple of good games against South Africa last summer, so maybe depending on what squad they turn out, hopefully we could beat them a couple of times in Bristol. Um, and then eyeing up those ODIs against New Zealand, we're, we're in pretty flying form in ODIs at the moment, so maybe hit them with one or two would be nice. Um yeah, and then just see what India bring over. Who knows? They might bring over, um, I don't want to say, maybe a bit of a, an overconfident side um, and maybe play some young players and then maybe we might turn them over. Who knows? But that would be, that'd be pretty nice. Yeah, I think South Africa are definitely taking this quite seriously because I saw, I read somewhere, yeah. a, quick, a quick info that uh, the, 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 one of the T20s clashes with the Southern Braves first 100 game, but de Kock has apparently already said he's going to play for South Africa. And not for Southern Brave. So obviously they're, you know, they're gonna go at it full whack, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um World Cup, you mentioned Rodman Powell standing at mid-off, playing against him, West Indies, obviously. Uh they've got quite a few guys at the IPL. They're gonna be a pretty good T20 side, Scotland as well, and then TBC, yeah. but everyone seems to think it will be Zimbabwe. Means quite a lot to qualify for the next round after what happened last time. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely devastating coming home that early. So like we're going to try everything we can to make sure we we don't come on that early flight home because that was that was a horrible feeling um west indies are are beatable they're very much a they either smash you or you smash them because that's just the way they play we know we can beat zimbabwe i think we beat them 4-1 was it two years ago something like that um and then scotland we know we can beat them so it's going to be tight it's going to be uh, even more nerve-wracking the last time i think but um, enjoyable nonetheless and hopefully we can get through as a bowler that West Indies side seems really interesting to play against because historically they've been a side that has a really high dot ball percentage but also a really high boundary percentage the highest um, and I think they're kind of going back to now that's a now if you look at who they've got you know we mentioned Robin yeah. um, Odin Smith gives it a whack Poran's quite a good player but he still hits lots of boundaries as well as a bowler you must always feel in the game then against a side like that but equally you know you're going to get hit a few times that's the thing, yeah, it presents opportunity when they're facing loads of dot balls. You, you know in the back of your mind, maybe I have been hit for six the next ball, but or that ball, but then you're thinking they might try to go again and hit one straight up. So you always need to make sure you're not 
oh, I've been hit for six. And you just make sure you're in the game the whole time because opportunities will come whether they want to give you opportunities or not. We saw Poran in the in the ODIs. He obviously wanted to come out and prove prove a point against Ireland, um, face a couple of dot balls and then chip one down long off throat or long on throat because he was fed up with facing dots. And that's just the way they play their cricket. So definitely an opportunity for us to take a scalp there. Last question from me, two weeks, I think just under two weeks until the Interpros get underway. Obviously a very different setting to some of where you've been over the winter. <laughs> how, how do you how do you adjust? How do you go back in from uh, from maybe playing, uh, you know, playing a very different, not so much type of cricket, but in terms of eyeballs watching, um, that type of thing. It, it, I don't want to say less important because it's not less important, but in terms of the attention it gets, it's it's a very different standard of cricket or style of cricket, I guess. Um, so how do you adjust or do you even think about that? I think coming home and having a week or two off was very important for me to be able to switch my mindset back into, right, let's hit the, let's hit the Ireland summer hard because it is going to be busy. Um, and yes, yeah, sometimes you may, be, may think, oh, these Lightning games aren't important. We've got an Irish game in two weeks, that type of thing. But at the end of the day, this is our bread and butter. This is... This is the reason we all started playing cricket. This is where the next people off the rank are coming from. So it is important that we give our 100%, prepare as best as possible, and ultimately that should set us in good stead for the Ireland Games. So that's that's sort of the way I look at it as a platform for the Ireland Games. Now that you're getting more attention across the world and getting one of these franchise gigs, do you think you know there's more of a target on your back when you come home and play domestically or people more willing to one more you know they're right let's josh little's bowling let's let's hit him if he misses his length here because you know he's obviously doing well for himself and, and quite a, quite a good name to do well against i'm not sure I've, I've never really thought of it like that because i don't know i feel like just when i'm bowling i'm just bowling you know i just i'm bowling to the batter i don't know if they have any thought on me um i don't i'm not really thinking about that so yeah yeah keep it simple i guess like keep, exactly yeah that's that's my motto Keep it simple, eh? I always find it remarkable when you chat to some of these guys involved at the top level, just how simple their plans are quite often. It's just the execution and the consistent execution of these plans that's that's the tricky part. That's guy that's why those guys get paid to do what they do. Speaking of things that are simple, make sure you go and follow me on Twitter at Nathan or Johns to keep up to date with all my coverage of Irish cricket. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all my other major platforms. And of course, get in touch. Feedback's always welcome alongside suggestions, questions, or telling me who you want to hear from next. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends. And thank you for listening.